Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. So glad to have you guys on the program. And I really want to thank you for being part of the Demand Gen Radio community. Uh, by the time you guys are hearing this episode, that means we have crossed the 200th episode mark. And it has been a really fun journey over the last three plus years getting to, I'm going to say, meet all of you. I don't get to see you guys except for my guests, but I have had so many great interactions with you. Uh, as you guys come up to me uh, when when events used to happen, and then more recently of this past year, just reaching out to me on LinkedIn and tell me, telling me how much the program has helped you. And I know that today's program with Ed is really going to help those of you, and I think it's all of us, that need to bring about change within our organizations. Every business evolves over time. It never, ever stays what it was. And so many of you in marketing, marketing leadership, are agents of change. And that is really the theme for today. So please join me in welcoming Ed Peterson, who is the Vice President of Demand Generation at Fleet Corps. And my team has worked with his team for quite some time. And I was just saying, Ed is coming up on his two years. And when you're at two years, you've made a mark on the business, that's for sure. But Ed, thank you for joining me. We're gonna dive in, in, in into that backstory in, in just a moment. I wanna say again, uh, hello, and and how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I love doing the podcast because it gives folks like you and I a chance to actually catch up and have everyone listen in. There, by the way, did you know that the the working title of the book that I'll probably never finish, my second book, I guess it's technically my third book, is Agents of Change, because I thought that really represents what you and CMOs and really any leader in today's day in digital transformation we have to do. You walked Absolutely. into a hundred year old house, as you like to say. You came in, uh, the the uh, fic fictional real estate person brought you into the environment there at Fleet Corps and you said, we're gonna have to do a little renovation uh, here. So let's, let's start there. Take us back to that time when you got there and kind of what was the organization doing then? A little bit about the business. And then, and then we'll we'll take through this exciting journey, and and the journey never ends, as you know. Absolutely. Well, uh, Fleet Corps is a is a global payments company, and the, the mission of the company is very straightforward. I mean, we are all about simplifying um, the ways that businesses manage and pay their expenses. Uh, it's a large international company. We have eight hundred thousand uh, customers around wow. the world, um, and you know our 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 brands and our portfolio. Um, run the gamut of, of automation, security, um, digitizing payments uh, and controls. But ultimately, it all comes down to making it easier um, for businesses to take care of all the financial transactions, many of which in many parts of the world, including in the States, are still done via kind of outmoded means. So 20-year-old um, company, um, S&P 500 company that's been, uh, that's been a public entity for 10 years and has grown through through acquisition, so uh, it, it's a it's a fintech company that that the the technology and constant innovation is critical to it. Mm -hmm. um, but we serve customers of all sizes, you know, very large enterprises. But um, many of our clients, a lot of the work that I do is in is in the SMB community. And so the challenge the challenge there is always very basic: how am I going to make a business money, or how am I going to save a business money? You you said the thing that was like the exclamation point right there because for marketing, so many of us have grown up with really this rebranding journey of who marketing is, and I and I, I'm saying rebranding journey because a brand is not a brand until it is what it is. The reason that right. we think that Apple is a let's say very innovative company and provides a frictionless buying experience because they are both those two things. Amazon was at one point the world's largest bookstore, uh, online bookstore. They, they are far more than that today. And what they are today and how people define them is what they actually are. So when you say that the most important thing is how you're helping a company either make money or save money, and you show up at this very revenue-driven marketer, that is very different from the personas of 
I want to say years gone by, but in some organizations, they're not even there yet. And and let's be honest, Fleecor was not a market-driven organization in the past. Very sales-driven organization, very relationship-driven organization. Like I said, a lot of the growth was from acquisition. So you get in, you get a lay of the land, and how do you approach some of the change initiatives that you know needed uh, undertaking? Well, this this was a a real kind of uh, a moment of clarity for me. You know, my first couple of weeks in in uh, in Fleecor. So I had done two other demand gen standups. Um, uh, round one with Sync, which is a, a very innovative, fast growing uh, real estate based software company, where I, I guess I was the beneficiary of coming in right as a, an automation tool was stood up and right as a Salesforce migration was beginning. So the structural part of the transition has happened, and it was a small enough organization where there was a lot of cultural inertia, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement. So in, in some regards, I was able to kind of ride the wave mm-hmm. that, uh, um, that had already been, you know, been, uh, been started before I got there. But it was a chance to learn practically how do you take full advantage of automation? How do you get buy-in? Um, from a sales team, really, how do you function as as a as a component, um, not the nucleus, as a component of a revenue team? Uh, the second time I did it was in a startup environment, mm-hmm. so that was the ideal laboratory, um, and really, that was the mindset I had to kind of get out of coming into Fleetcore because, you know, in a little environment where I had a team of three, um, there were five <laughs> commissioned sellers and two senior leaders. We did the launch of, of, of the uh, automation tool and the CRM literally all in one room. Mm-hmm. So over the course of 30 days after we went through the onboarding, we were able to work through all the kinks and literally start from scratch with, with everything. A new set of email templates, a new landing page strategy, but new sales scripts um, and everything w- 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 was built to kind of be, be cohesive. Fleecore is a you know a massive organization with hundreds of sellers and legacy. Mm-hmm. And the, the real the real thing that I caught on to very quickly, and I was sensitive about coming into a business, you know, brought in as a as a marketer, as a marketing professional, um, was ignorant about the business, had not spent time with our customers, and kind of had this double whammy of having to, as a practitioner, scope and scale a project that was already kind of afoot, but also being sure that I got the, the big picture, being sure that I understood the why. Mm-hmm. So I, I think to do that in, uh, in any kind of business environment would be a challenge to come into an enterprise environment where by definition, everything is at scale. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little bit of a runway to learn and to test, but the expectation is if you're going to port over from legacy established systems that as challenging as they may be work, <laughs> there is an institution um, that, you know, many in this in this community um, have spent their entire careers using a common set of tools, a common set of platforms. And for good or for bad, that's what they know. So you come in as an outsider, you're trying to bring change that I had a lot of conviction about, a lot of passion about. But what I learned very quickly is the, the, the marketer can't talk marketing. The marketer needs to talk about the why. Mm-hmm. And it was a constant uh, sales pitch. And I, I think, David, being the evangelist, trying to embody why we needed to make, make transitions in our systems, why we needed to make this investment in time, why we needed to, in the eyes of a lot of people, take risk in doing something differently was going to have a payout in the end. You know, let us identify customers faster, let us do a much better job serving the customers that we have, and give us context that are going to make us, uh, you know, more successful uh, in in every in every facet of our sales and marketing operation. So that was a big that was a big bite of the enchilada to take, and yeah. uh, you know, way to get to that has been kind of a great professional adventure for me. But I think. You know, I might have some cautionary tales to share with people when they when they go when they get on that boat themselves. The uh, we have a client of ours, another very large organization, extremely I think twelve billion in revenue. Put things in perspective, 
And they had always gone to market and as a event marketing, kind of batch and blast marketing. We'll do events. We'll invite people to the events. Maybe we'll do online events as well. So physical events, online events, and batch and blast marketing. And so when they needed to pivot and really change how they were going to market, uh, that story, in fact, you know what? I'm going to invite them onto the podcast. I'm going to save the rest of that story for another podcast. Because the point that I want to make is the conversations with them sound very much like the conversations that I've had with you and the point that you just made, which is it's not, don't walk the halls acting as a marketing practitioner, you once said, but be this ambassador, be this ambassador uh, for change and and build your why and then go around the organization and get the organization uh, to want to achieve the the why. If you start with the how and you start with the what, especially for the executive team, when you're bringing these big sweeping ideas, they're, they're so different. And so when you come back to, like you said, in those meetings, you're like, this is how we're going to make more money. This is how we're going to grow. When you're an S&P 500 company, did the leadership team feel like there's still more room for growth. We, the reason I'm asking is when you're a small business and you're just getting started, it's all you think about is growth. It's not much different. You're just you're just playing in a bigger ocean. Absolutely. Well, you know, a business like ours, that's a little bit easier not to crack because there is a great untapped uh, market. You know, that millions of businesses that that frankly um, haven't considered product like ours don't don't understand. You know, not had that had that, epi- that epiphany, that moment of discovery about how, you know, making relatively simple changes and yeah. how they administer payroll, um, you know, how they help employees with kind of day-to-day transactions, that there's this, there's this immediate benefit to that. So um, there's a lot of greenfield out there, but I think the reality is like any other business, you know, you grow and you grow by doing what's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, you grow by, by getting the customers um, that, uh, that, that makes sense. You know, you're picking, you're, you know, I, I describe it as, you know, it's one thing to go in and pick the, uh, the nuggets off the ground. It's mm-hmm. a whole other thing to have to mine for the gold. So yeah. the great thing about the business is, you know, there's an absolute appreciation for the scale of opportunity, but also a recognition that in order to, to make that evolution, um, that, that we had to step up and, mm-hmm. and that's been Holistic. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, we're talking about about marketing automation specifically, but the organization has taken on onboarding a lot of resources, bringing in a lot of intellectual capital. You know, massive upgrades to our Salesforce infrastructure. So, the the through line for Fleet Corps has been how do we do a better job serving our customers? How do we, from a marketing advantage, I guess, um, how are we better able to to get the message out about what we do? And then, obviously being able to have the right message in the right context mm-hmm. is, is the game that, that we play, right. You know, yeah. being able to contextualize, um, you know, where people, people are and being able to give them the best solutions for their specific business, you know, at, at the specific time. Let me, there, there's so many, there's so many layers to the next question, but the, the macro one is I was going to ask, what are you asking for? Like really, like philosophically, like what are you asking leadership for when you're going to them, thinking back? Is you know, and I'm asking the question for the folks. Um, I mentioned Daryl Alfonso, I think, in another recent pod- podcast. He's been on the program, and if you guys don't know Daryl, he runs marketing operations, part of the marketing operations team at Amazon. And he sent me a note the other day uh, asking me some questions about advice on what it takes to move from. In being in marketing operations to being a marketing leader. So the context I'm giving you, Ed, is when you talk to the C-suite, it's it's almost be brief, be gone, you know, for the most part. You you want to definitely have your game ready and the messaging. What are you asking for? Is it buy-in? Is it money? Is it uh, a little personal branding of what your what your mission and purpose is? If you can unpack that a little bit, because I think it's really helpful for people to know when you're going into these meetings, especially if you're new in the organization or about to bring about sweeping change, like the other company I mentioned, what are you at the end of the day really asking for? What's what's the objective yeah. of those initial meetings? Well, David, listen, I, I think uh, on, on the service least, it is what it is. I mean, that that was an it was an economic conversation. <laughs> so a, a investment of X in 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 technology in the resources to stand it up with some presumption about what is required over a period of time 
that is going to yield uh, and an ROI. Mm-hmm. You know, the case of our business, more contacts, more folks. Uh, uh, you know, uh, in the division that I work in, you know, applying um, for our um, for our cards and, and and becoming customers. So, but that I think that goes without saying that, and I think leadership probably has every day people lined up out their door <laughs> that have a, a PowerPoint deck. Um, that explains and rationalizes why the company should do X and why you know dollars should go mm-hmm. some. But it is deeper for that in in the the business the part of the business that we're talking about because fundamentally, I mean, this is the both the interface with a customer, a potential customer, and this very you know critical uh, uh, infrastructure of the seller and the sales community. Mm-hmm. Sales operations, uh, you know, sales enablement, mm-hmm. and what what I observed, and and you know, I came in after this this commitment had been made, but as with everything, you know, as with life and love, the decision isn't made at one point in time. You know, there's right. this constant reinforcement, yep. and you know, going through you know a process like standing up an enterprise wide um, Marketo instance and and bringing on, um, you know, bringing lead scoring. The, the concept of lead scoring into an organization, there was definitely some concern that um, the organizational shock, and that's my language, that's not, that's not my leadership's language, was worth it. Yeah. Is it worth making systemic change? And you know, businesses by nature are risk averse. So you've got to have the economic argument. But of course, in order for that economic model to actually be fulfilled, you got to do it. Yeah, you got to be able to do it. Yeah, and that um, uh, ongoing um, confidence um, and being able to show progress that's getting towards a bigger end um, that tr- that that proved to be, I think, one of the big uh, uh, the big learnings we had very early. Report out, report out often, report back on your on your failings do it in a very broad way, but always talk about what that progress is getting. You know, it, it's tough when you think about, um, you know, doing months and months of work on a massive database to have it ready um, to go into a new tool. You know, that doesn't deliver a cent in revenue, right. but it's so critical and important to be able to make that evolution. And so being able to talk about the little steps as as a way along the path, I think that's a critical insight that I'd offer to anybody that, that finds themselves in that situation. For sure. I, one of the observations that I have, especially of marketing leadership, is that they, maybe it's from doing campaigns for so long, they feel there's a sense of, I have to show a very immediate ROI. If I'm going to go ask for funding and do X, Y, or Z, that I've got to show this immediate result right away, especially a lot of our clients that we work on analytics projects on or data projects, or like you said, a big whole scale implementation of a marketing system or new piece of technology, they feel like there's got to be something to be shown. And there there needs to be, like you said, as an ambassador, you report in, this is what's working, what's not. But a company like yours, very big established company, bring about change to, to implement a new system or bring about even something like an initiative like lead scoring, Sometimes these projects are not overnight and right. curious to get your thoughts in terms of like how you've crafted to, to set those expectations of what the intermediary milestones are before, let's say that you'll feel the ROI, see the ROI. Right. Well, you know, one piece of advice that I would, that I would offer is it, it's critical as you go through this, um, that you find, um, that you find some, some heroes. That you find some some uh, folks within the the leadership of the organization that are passionate about technology, that are passionate about innovation, um, that you know can 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 be a, a guide for you, but an advocate for what you're doing. And I you know I was the beneficiary of of, of some of those relationships being in place, but on my journey to actually. Uh, you know, complete the project, you know, get us uh, to this, this great uh, transition point we are now, I had to build some of those relationships. I had to build them, frankly, as, as almost like gold calls, yeah. you know, literally knocking on doors and, um, you know, finding folks who could become advocates. Yeah. And I, I, wish, I, I wish I could offer guidance about how to do that. 
I, I think one just has to kind of do that, yeah. you know, through your, yeah. through your, your, uh, you know, uh, let, let, let your nose be your guide, let your heart be your guide, yeah. you know, find those people again, by that advocacy, you know, I knocked on a lot of doors, had a lot of, uh, uh, lunch conversations, had a lot of hallway conversations, um, you know, had, uh, you know, a friend at HR give me advice about people that I should go and just, uh, kibitz with about, about what we're up to. And that, that, uh, advocacy, one, it it, developed some great friendships doing that, but I, I, it had two benefits. I had people that I could go to, um, and this proved to be critical as, as we got into the the nitty gritty, you know, the mechanics of the launch by people that I could go to for heart to heart advice and guidance about, about personalities, about the nature of the business, um, you know, organizational knowledge you just would not get and, yeah. you know, practical wisdom. But then you obviously, um, if you can build that rapport, you've got people that are the advocates, if not for me, yeah. um, advocates for what we're trying to do. And at the end of the day, uh, when I look back on, on the, uh, on the journey, that is, that was as important as everything. Having people who had confidence in the why um, had confidence in the effort, you know, the work that that all of the the teams that were involved, uh, that have been involved in the, in the marketing uh, transition have been a part of, um, and we're comfortable saying it out loud. Yeah. You know, in the meetings that you're not in, yep. in those in those conversations in the parking lot yeah. um, that you're not in, there's somebody there that has your voice. You, uh, and I, I just, I, I, I can't stress, I can't stress how important that was uh, um, in getting this done. I, it's like, if if you and I were a book, and I'm I listen to you Ed, and it's like if I was reading you as a book, I would have my yellow highlighter, and I would be highlighting what you said right there. So many of the things that you just said, especially the one about befriending the HR leader or manager. I distinctly remember when I was at Ellie Mae, my former company, when I ran marketing. Lisa Bruin was her name. She ran HR, and as I hired in. Her office was literally right around the corner from mine. So the marketing area was right near her office. Maybe that was luck. Who knows? But Lisa and I got to know each other well, quickly. And I spent time in her office learning about all the different leaders of the team. And she knew everything about their personas, what matters to them, how they participate in meetings. She's a member of the executive team. So she, and I said, you know, so tell me about Joe and tell me about, there was a, there was a couple of Joes. Um, tell me about Rich. Tell me about Jonathan. Tell me about Jonas. Tell me about Sig. And she would describe their personas. And I, and I learned so much from that conversation that when I would meet with them, either one-on-one or as a group, I knew how to communicate with them more effectively because I knew what mattered to them. And I also knew whether they were agents of change, whether they would be one of those, you know, advocates, you know, people that would want to come with me, Ed, and say, okay, we're going to bring in a new CRM. I remember when I said that in a meeting, I'm like, so we've been using Pivotal for a long time. We called it Pitiful in marketing. We, we, we've been using Pivotal for a long time. I mean, Chris Lynn, I think it was Chris, he was the guy responsible for putting that together and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on implementing the CRM. And if I show up as a, you know, the new kid in town, the marketing leader who's like, yeah, we're going to throw that out and get Salesforce. Not so much for a couple of reasons. One, marketing at that point didn't have the brand of being technologists at that company. We, we didn't, we weren't seen as the trusted, respected source for what infrastructure the company should run on. And I think a lot of marketing companies are in the same situation still today, but yet we'll bring in marketing automation systems. But I was prescribing a system that wasn't going to use just by marketing, but would use by the entire sales organization and one that Chris had implemented. I found a clever way to sneak it in, Ed. I, I deployed it to my <laughs> SDR team and I went a little gorilla and said, I, I'll just pay for some of my program's budgets for a few Salesforce licenses, proved it out, and it eventually became the infrastructure for the whole company. I'm not saying go do that, folks, but that's what I needed to do. I needed to be very guerrilla and get this company that had been doing something a certain way to change. We all have to be agents of change. I loved underscore, 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 befriend the head of HR and get to know the people in a new organization. The next area for us to chat about is how much depth 
do you do you take leadership through around the tools and technologies? Let's let's take ourselves out of the question for a second at a high level and say, let's say you and I uh, run the Jelly Belly factory up in where are they? I think they're in Pacheco near us uh, in Northern California. And I've taken a tour there and they make all those Jelly Belly beans. It's cool. It's like you're at, awesome. at Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. It's fun, fun times. So they got all these ways to manufacture Jelly Bellies. And let's say you and I went in there and we wanted to bring in new equipment that would radically do what? Save costs or enable us to grow revenues by putting new infrastructure in the manufacturing facility. We probably would not demo a lot of how that equipment works uh, to get that that buy-in. So the context of my question is, when you're bringing in a marketing automation system or other marketing tech, or you're making other changes, how how much in the weeds do you take leadership in terms of how those tools will work and what they will do? Yeah. So David, I, you know, so here's here's a war story. So I, I worked for oh, wait, uh, wait. five years. You got, you got a war story? <laughs> wait, I got, yeah, I got mute here. Here we got to. Yeah, I, I've always got music nearby. Awesome. Can you hear that? Can you name that tune? Do you know what that movie's from? Oh, I don't. I, that's that's uh, General Patton talking to the Third Army. There I've you, seen that scene over and over again. There yeah. You, there you go. All right. Let me fade that out as you tell us the war story. I like it. All right. <laughs> so I um I worked uh um in uh in China uh, uh Asian manufacturing for five years. I worked right. for a Test Right, which was a very large Taiwanese trading company, and it was the most hardcore supply chain based um um sales environment you could imagine i mean it literally was the cutting edge of international trade and it had extraordinary complexity you know the relationship that you would have with a, a walmart uh, staples which was the account that i managed you had you had executive leadership financial leadership um merchants people who were actually making decisions about product uh, you had uh, representatives of these companies that were in charge of of compliance, you know, uh, in manufacturing. So we would have meetings about meetings, and literally, uh, you know, in the case of big deals, the CEO of this business, we would sit in a room, and we would role play. It was almost like a uh, um, uh, a police show <laughs> where you're plotting <laughs> out the crime. This person has this responsibility, has this interest. We have this history with her. We've had these problems. We've had these successes. We know that her interest is X. And there was a kind of cog and spoke model where we, we would go in either to a meeting or these lavish, uh, you know, long dinners in the evening where you have 24 people sitting around a table. It was very choreographed. So you had a job that day. My job was to explain uh, um uh, to Susan, who bought something five years ago, um, and you know, I don't know, had an experience with uh, with one of our AEs that that didn't go well. You know, I, I'd explain what's different now. You know, mm -hmm. why? Wh how have we grown? What are our systems? And um, that was done. You know, for um, you know, very simple simple conversations for lower level employees. It was done uh, in a much more elaborate way um, for more senior people. And that kind of, um, uh, you know, apl applying a little bit of a little bit of time and perspective to how you present people. That was good advice. Then that, that's good advice if you're going through a job search. It's absolutely the essential advice mm -hmm. if you are having to 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 be an advocate because the the reality is there are a lot of different interests. You know, folks um, uh, in our finance team or you know executive level general management their number one concern is the number. Mm -hmm. um, folks, and, and you know, the, one of the critical learnings that I had in this is the essential partnership with IT, and in a company like ours, where that's a very complex environment, th they don't want to talk about the, about the number. They want to talk about the plumbing. They yeah, want to get into audience. the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I came into this with that, with this con this construction, and um, it, and very quickly, you're able to kind of suss out and again get some advice about that. Who is the numbers person? Who is into the nitty gritty? And you know, and also, I think particularly um, when you get into the actual sales organization, 
who is it that you've got to be able to justify why this change should happen in the first place? Yeah. And so, you know, you've got to be able to constantly retrench a little bit yeah. and go back to the baseline. For sure. Um, and, you know, there were probably, I probably had four or five different tonalities that I, that I probably, which would admit you've got four or five different decks or, you know, my own kind of uh, talk tracks mm-hmm. that I developed. But again, you got to, you know, ask around and, and, you know, this is where in my case, you know, I have great, uh, you know, Alex Kaminsky, my boss, you know, is so, um, you, you know, is, is a master at this. Yeah, he you really know, is. Conte- contextualizing yeah. what we need to do, um, you know, the, the, the problems we need to address, um, you know, the answers that we need to either give or, yeah. frankly, um, the things that we don't know, going back and figuring that out. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's a constant, that's a constant effort. And you've you- got to... You got to accept that as such. You, you bring up Alex. Uh, I want to talk about him for a minute. As a leader, I remember one of my very first experiences with him, Ed, and and that experience actually is a was a was a part of the journey that to you being uh, on the team. We were in Las Vegas. It was either a Marketo Summit or Adobe Summit. I don't know if the acquisition had happened by then, but we're meeting in Las Vegas and we're up in our suite. It was it was a cool suite, by the way. Um, Miss Las Vegas. I didn't miss Las Vegas. I'm digressing. I didn't miss Las Vegas the last time I left there. I'm like, I don't need to be back here anytime soon. But uh, I I sometimes associate Vegas with the conferences and seeing everybody within our community. But I also like the shows and and events. And I'm longing for an event. But Alex and I had a really nice dinner, Ed. And he set the stage for us for the meeting that was going to happen the next day, which the meeting went completely as he set the expectation of how it would be until the meeting ended. So he's in the suite with us and we're meeting, we're discussing with him and one of the members of his team who was responsible for a marketing system at that time. And I felt in the room and as Ed, as Alex a coach, he's not really on board. This guy's not on board and he wanted the objective of the meeting for us to help him get on board. And it was well set up. When the meeting ended and they rode down the elevator, it was five minutes after the elevator ride ended that he called me and said, hey, guess what? So-and-so just resigned. (laughs) And it's either like, get on the ship or get off the ship. And it was really interesting that we had that meeting and he resigned and the rest is history because this this was not gonna be that onboard agent of change. And then we quickly had conversations about his need for a really, really solid uh, head of demand generation, and 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 here you are. So he 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 can always set the stage and let you know who you're dealing with. And like you say, I mean, he he certainly could have been in politics himself. He knows his audiences and how to achieve the goal. And it's something I really uh, respect about him. The other thing I respect about him too is you know he <clears throat> he doesn't have to be the smartest person in the room, and he knows what he knows, and he knows that he needs members of the team like you who have that expertise in the technology and the infrastructure. And, and we all need that. Uh, let's, um, let's talk about this, the big initiatives. I remember, um, I think I sent you a note the day it happened. We use an internal communication system. It's not Slack, but it's one like <laughs> it. And uh, there was our, our internal chat system was lighting up in the Fleet Corps channel, and they were celebrating uh, the launch of a couple of the projects that we finished uh, with you. Talk to me about what that feels like when you get to a milestone uh, and you and you do that in the context of how do you then communicate to the organization what may be something really big and internal to the marketing team of what you just got, but if they can't see the result of that yet, like you're kind of celebrating invisibly, but it was a big, big day because the agents of change, you and the team and my team had accomplished uh, quite a bit. And, and brought about change. What do you, how do you celebrate that? Because it's yeah, important. Well, it, it, and it, it is kind of an odd feeling because it's, it's almost like, um, you know, the success of a secret mission that nobody, nobody knew it was going on, but if it had not been successful, there would have been calamity. Um, and I think that's, you know, the, the reality of, um, of, of marketing technology and the nature of what we do is, uh, you know, ultimately success comes um, when, when, when things are better 
but it, it, it doesn't just magically happen. And that, that progression, um, you know, it's, it's not a conspicuous thing. So yeah. I, I think, you know, and, and, you know, we've had, uh, you know, it, it, it had been a, a journey, been a couple of false starts, you know, been some challenges, um, you know, I'm the beneficiary. And I think that my, my, my team is the beneficiary of the learnings, the hard path, you know, some wisdom learned along the way, but you know, the, the, the day that we actually kicked off IP warming, that is kind of esoteric. You know, that's mm-hmm. not something that I would run up um, to our CEO and brag about. But the fact, the fact that, that we had done that, the fact that we accomplished it, we did, you know, have a little, a little, um, a little bit of celebration. And, you know, part of that is just recognition. And, you know, part of that is a, you know, for me personally, it was, thank you for being on this journey with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, David, so many people on your team who have been my advocates and have been a sounding board for me, um, who have let me cry on the shoulder a couple of times, yeah. offer me, you know, perspective. I think that, you know, as, as, as marketing leaders, it's critical that you, the, the person who is sitting there all day creating email templates, um, the worst thing that could happen is she's uh, uh, disenfranchised from the reality of that work. And the reality of the work is you are this critical lever in, mm-hmm. in, in, in allowing us to communicate with potential customers. Gosh, there's no more important job. But the fact that, you know, automation being what it is, you're, you're in a tool and you're working in a template and it could very easily become a rote uh, activity. Um, what you can't do yeah. is let that person, you know, feel disassociated from, from the bigger goal. And, and I, I, and actually, you know, I think that's good mm-hmm. general advice, um, for anyone, um, that is coming into a, a marketing role and it's, and it, it is, it, it is more and more challenging. I think particularly with remote work, I mean, you could have someone who is your community manager, um, who you may never see yeah. in person. Right. And she's creating great content, you yeah. know, um, you're getting, you're getting more engagement, you know, you're lowering, um, your CPM cost. Um, but it'd be very easy for that to happen, uh, in a vacuum. Yeah. So, you know, you know, a trick that, um, that I, and I, I, st- I stole this from Gary, uh, uh, Gary V, but I, I it's something that I, that I, that I follow religiously is I try to have a, a, a gratitude session every Friday and it takes different forms. Um, Shout out email, and, and and that may be what you're talking about. I mean, I will do shout out emails um, if I've had a great experience um, with someone. I'll you know drop a line, uh, not to them, but to their boss or to their senior leader, um, and that's you know internal or external. Um, but I try to you know manufacture an environment where for an hour every week, I'm going to you know a, a LinkedIn job recommendation. Um, handwritten note, you know, here, here's a good, uh, here's a good thing. I'll, I'll let somebody steal. I use a, an app called uh, punk post, a uh, punk post, which you can find uh, by P- your app store. P U N K P U N K P O S T. Okay. And it's a service that you've got a professional artist who does handwritten notes. Wow. So they'll do the note for you and, you know, they'll draw little pictures and do little illustrations, I think for seven or $8. Um, I do five of those. <laughs> I do five of those. Um, uh, a week, you know, I, I do that sometimes on Friday. Sometimes I do that in the mornings when I'm walking to the coffee shop, but, um, I try to contrive opportunities, um, to amazing. express gratitude. And it, it's so, uh, I, and I, I'm off the question that you asked David, but it is so fulfilling. And this is, I think this is Gary's real insight about this in, yeah. in the thank you economy, which is a book everybody needs to, when they finish listening to the podcast, get on Amazon and get, get, get the book, you know, that has got to extend, you know, you have an, you have an internal audience. I mean, you have a work team, but, um, you know, in our, in our world, you know, we work with external agencies for creative. We've got great support from your crew. There are a lot of, you know, constituencies that comprise our team. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other piece of advice I, I would offer for the young uh, marketing manager coming up is, you know, you have got to invest and value the relationships you have with all levels of these agencies that you work with. It is not the principal, I mean, you know, have a rapport there, but that AE who is cranking it, 
or managing those JIRA tickets yeah. or dealing with the minutia of copy, um, those may be more important than, yeah. you know, internal relationships that you have. And, you know, learn to be good to your people, yeah. but learn, learn to be good and respectful and appreciative and fight for your agencies that, that, that deserve, um, that deserve that effort. And, oh, uh, thank you. I if, mean, if they're delivering for you. They absolutely do. Again, highlighter is out underscoring. Um, I mean, you're not only showing gratitude and being thankful and, and finding a service that really stands out like punk post to, to make that very high touch mark, but it's in your core Ed. you, you can hear it in you. And I've seen it. Um, I pulled up from the chat the email that you sent. And I don't even think you've met a lot of the people on my team that you work with day to day, but that they yet they feel a part of your team. The subject line says, we did it. Great subject line. We did it. And you said, team, officially in my eyes, Fleet Corps entered the world of enterprise level Marketo utilization this morning. This is the culmination of many months of your support patience, and friendship. I'm calling this as one of the most harrowing adventures in my 30 years in capitalism. <laughs> but it was worth it. Excited for the opportunities ahead. Thank you, exclamation point. And two sentences, well, it's wait, one, two, four sentences, not including the thank you. And a screen grab of that goes out to the entire organization from Greg and the crew saying, hey, good job, team. It's feeling like a hero today. And that's that's our mission is making marketing heroes. That is our stated mission as a company. And so, you know, it is a lot of work to do what we do and do what you do, but it is just those little acts of gratitude that are huge, uh, whether it's a handwritten note or a well thought out succinct email like that. Thank you. It's clearly evident in your leadership style of why people rally around you and want to support you and 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 take the journey with you on these these big change initiatives. What's next, Ed? What's next? It's it's 2020. Probably by the time this is airing, it's 2021. Happy New Year, by the way. In advance. Thank you. This we're teleporting into the future and I'm wishing you a happy new year. Uh what's what's the big initiatives for this year? That you, think, that you um, can talk about. Uh, yeah, well, I and and I think, uh, and David, I'll kind of answer this personally. I mean, the one of the big things that I've been um, exposed to at Fleet Corps is um, sales sales enablement. And I know, I, I know, you know, you, uh, I, I read this in your book, and it resonated with me so much. You, I mean, you, you learn from the sales floor. I mean, you'll get anecdotes and insights and some wisdom from the C-suite, but where the rubber meets the road is where your where your customer is. And, um, you know, I, I developed a habit, you know, Fleet Corps is a, a big company and we're spread across a couple of campuses and our, you know, my team is actually in one part of Atlanta, the sale, our sales team is in another. And I got in the habit very quickly of one day a week, um, uh, embedding myself in the sales office. Mm -hmm. And frankly, sometimes that's for meetings, <laughs> sometimes it's hiding, <laughs> you know, from the meetings <laughs> I don't want to be in. But it is it is just being there and, you know, walk in the room, you know, and and there were people who will want to engage you. You know, there are people who want to have things to share. There's people that want to call BS on something that you're doing. And um, but the, the practical insight about that is. The intersection of, of marketing, marketing communications, as you said earlier, our vantage of structured campaigns and what sales is able to actually do with that. I mean, I, I, I really, I've always kind of accepted it, but I really understand now that path from the marketing qualified lead to the sales accepted lead. That's it. That's, that's what you're fighting. And, you know, the acid test for us is you cross that chasm. Mm -hmm. What is that ratio of people um, that are identified as opportunities? Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. And, and how good is what you're doing? And, being able to work with uh, uh, Chuck Lee and Scott Finch, you know, the leadership of Fleet Corps um, who have built this team, um, you know, it's taught me a lot about um, the practical utilization of Salesforce, you know, what, what reps actually do and do not do in the tool. <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know, analytics are so important to what we do on the marketing side, but understanding within when sales campaigns and really looking at people as as constituents of a team yeah. or people that are working on a particular product, um, it's critical. So I, I, you know, going into 2021, I mean, the the real goal I have is is to learn more and to be more. Um, you know, we've we started doing weekly half hour feedback sessions where we've got the marketing and sales leaders on and. And they'll bring on a couple of folks. We're with three of our um, top performing sellers today, and they're riffing and and we're taking notes. And there there are a number of things that came out of that conversation, relatively simple things to them that we had never that we had never thought about in terms of how we um, how we manage data, how we present data to them. So I'm high on sales enablement. That's that's yeah. the big thing that I'm. Uh, leaning into personally, and I think Fleetcore as an organization, um, you know, we're at the tail end of a of a massive and very successful um, relaunch of Salesforce, soup to nuts, and mm-hmm. shout out, shout out to the CRM team and the sales ops team for doing that. Um, that has been a whole other journey as well that is already paying um, big dividends. But mm-hmm. you know, listen, I mean, ultimately. What we're about is is serving our customer and bringing value to a customer. And, yeah. and you know, what I think about day in day out um, is not a PowerPoint slide. It's not a pie chart. It's what what can I do to help? And um, you know, I, I had a I had a a writer working for me um, whose father, and it sounds like a Forrest Gump story, kind of is. <laughs> this guy was from Southern Louisiana. His family had been um, in the shrimp fishing business for eighty years. They had three boats and his dad, his uncle and the trusted family friend went out at six o'clock every morning, uh, did their fishing, came back at eight o'clock at night. And he shared with me that his dad, George this was this guy's dad, any business decisions he would make paying his bills, yeah. um, you know, dealing with the tax problem happened from eight o'clock at night until 10 o'clock at night. Then he passed out and started his business over again the next day. <laughs> yeah. And so I think about George all the time. Yeah. What am I doing to help him? Yeah. How am I connecting with him right. in a way that um, you know he can react to it, that he gets yeah. why there's something out there that can help him. So um, that's the battle I try to fight every day. And that that's uh, what I'm doing this year. That's certainly what I'll do next year. I, I think it's a phenomenal focus for all of us in marketing. We all have a lot on our desk, uh, priorities, responsibilities, but sales enablement. You mentioned the book. I don't remember the, the. I don't know if you remember the section where I talked about you know Denzel Washington, the movie Training Day, uh, because right. I, yeah, and I and I talk about how passionate I am from a marketer standpoint because I started my career in sales, and I've, I've talked about this many times on the podcast. Maybe you've heard me say like, you know, my marketing professor said, "Hey, if you want to be a great marketer, you got to learn why people buy," and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into that in a second, but. Said, go into sales. I said, I don't want to be in sales. I want to be in marketing. He goes, That's what I'm telling you. You want to be a great marketer. You have to learn about the sales process. You have to learn about why people buy because that's where that's what marketing's responsibilities are. And it was the greatest lesson coming out of college uh, for me. And I, I make the comparison to Training Day because you know the young cadet goes on the road. Unfortunately, Denzel's not not a role model as a police officer, but it was it was it was fun to talk about. But Ed, just yesterday, was with the CRM team, and we were enlightening, and we were taking a look at some new UI stuff that we were working on from a sales enablement. We we do a lot of implementation, you know, we do implementations of Salesforce and, and sales technology, and there's a lead view for sales. This is super tactical, but I'm going to get in the weeds. There's a lead view for sales that has columns of information. And because they had a column for first name and a column for last name, instead of one column with name, you couldn't from this list click into the lead record or the contact record. Now that may sound super tactical, but unless you go sit with a salesperson as you do every now and then and say, you know what, for the next half hour, I'm just going to be like that waiter that's going to shadow you and i just want to hear you on calls and see how you use the crm and see how you use drift or see how you use uh sales loft and just let me watch you 
you would never know that that sales rep had like seven extra clicks or didn't even know how to get exactly. into the record. And therefore, you may create a lead scoring view that doesn't address this. And what you did is you made the salesperson unproductive. And if you make them seven seconds unproductive with every lead record they have to look at and disposition, you are hurting the productivity of the organization exactly. and you're increasing exactly. costs and decreasing revenue. So we, we dropped down deep there, but I loved what you were saying about the focus for 2021 being around sales enablement. And it is really time, if we don't do it enough, for marketing to walk in the shoes or in the shadow of sales so that we can, as a team, one team, drive revenue, drive growth. Ed, thank you so much for right now for us, the end of the year. It's a busy time for you. You could have been spending time holiday shopping on, on Amazon or wherever you're doing that uh, these days. But I want to thank you. And thank you so much for your leadership to our team. You know, being on the agency side, we've always said uh, we never want to be that vendor-client relationship. We want it to feel like one team that we're an extension of yours. And the relationship we have with Fleet Corps is, you know, certainly achieved that, that goal, not only from our side, but the way that you uh, interact with the group. So thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely, David. It, it, it's been a pleasure. And, and thank you so much to you and, and your crew. we got more big things to come. we got a lot of work ahead of us. And you guys have a lot of work ahead of you. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you, Ed. And I want to say to all of you guys, again, thank you for joining me on the Dimension Radio Journey. I really would love to see you guys on the YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked out Dimension.tv, Ed, if you haven't, click over there and subscribe so that we can, you know, here we talk about these methodologies, like Ed and I are talking about leadership and being agents of change. But over there, we're showing you the various tools and technologies. And we actually have quite a number of demos around some of the leading sales technology, sales enablement tools. So come check that out. I love hearing from you guys. So if you have a moment and you're sitting in front of your browser and uh, you can jump on LinkedIn, drop me a note or a comment or say hello because love hearing that. Ned, I'd love when you gave me a shout out and said, hey, I read your book. Uh, and, um, and you've been a very loyal listener. So the loyal listener turns uh, guest of the podcast. And thank you for all your words of wisdom today. I'm sure a lot of awesome. people were thinking about the advice that you gave and that ambassador approach to working with the organization, uh, painting a picture, building the alliances, and and forming a relationship with HR. What a great just nugget right there uh, who can help you manage uh, that, that relationship journey. That's going to do it for this episode. Happy New Year to all of you, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.